Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1837. Today I'm in Italy and we're talking all electric hypercars. This will be fun. Buckle up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in beautiful Torino, Italy, with a very special guest by the name of Roberto Olivo. Roberto, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have it in gear, and are you ready to release the clutch? Okay, thank you very much, Mark, for the invitation. It's I'm really very, very glad and also honored to be here. Thank you so much. I'm very, very glad for the invitation and, let's say, ready for the interview. Yeah, we'll have some fun here for sure. Now, as I said, release the clutch. I realized after talking with your colleague, Franco, that there's no clutch in this car that you guys are creating. These uh, electric vehicles have no clutches, which some of us go, oh, that kind of takes the fun out of it. But this car has a lot of fun packed into it. And we're going to talk about this car in a minute. But before I give you a proper introduction, I want to ask you this. Roberto, what is one little thing that most people maybe, maybe don't know about you? I think that I'm not such a, let's say, a celebrity, of course. I'm a guy that I've been spending my entire life in the automotive industry. I'm a car nut. I was born and raised in, in Torino, which is considered to be the, uh, the Italian capital of car design. I'm an engineer. But I spent my entire life in the, let's say, in the broad international automotive arena. And now I'm, let's say, the CEO of Automobili Estrema, uh, which is an absolutely, we are the underdogs uh, of, the, of the electric hypercar world. But we have a very interesting project and we have a very interesting technology, let's say. And we are working very hard to, let's say, to go on with our project, with our with my personal friend Gianfranco Pizzuto, that is the CEO of this company, with Alexander Klatt, uh, that is our chief uh, uh, styling, let's say, of chief designer for the for the for this project, and some other very very, let's say, interesting colleagues. What else can I can I can I add for the for that? Something about my story. But. Well, we're going to get into your story in a minute. I want to give you a proper introduction because the two colleagues you mentioned, uh, Franco and Alex, they've been guests on the show before you. So my listeners got to get a flair and a flavor of what's going on from the high level, the CEO level, and then the design level. Now we're going to dive into a little bit of the engineering level and this fascinating life you've had. So allow me to give you a proper introduction. and We're going to dive into what you guys are up to because it is in. Incredible. Roberto Olivo is the COO of the startup Automobili Estrema, as he said, coordinating their all-new electric Fulminia hypercar. He has over 40 years of experience in the global automotive industry. Roberto has worked at Fiat, Lancia, and Alfa Romeo in a variety of roles and was at Fumia Design in the styling of the Maserati GT interiors and in Italy and Japan. This guy has been all over the world having fun with cars. He was COO of Fuel 
Systems Solutions, a world-leading manufacturer of alternative fuels, which we're going to learn a little bit more about that too. He was one of the founding managers and racing drivers of BRC Racing Team, tuning and racing cars fed by LPG, which is also very cool. They also developed a racing prototype with the uh, VW Audi W12 cylinder engine running on LPG. BRC, by the way, won two World Touring Championships back in 2018 and 2019. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Roberto, but first, a word from our valued sponsors that make the show possible. So give them a listen, keep the seatbelts on. We're going hypercar today, electric hypercar with Roberto in Torino, Italy. Sit tight. The best way to protect and preserve your vehicles, along with the meanings and memories and experience that they give you, is with a quality-made, custom-fit car cover from my friends at Covercraft. I purchased my first Covercraft cover from my 1967 Gia way back when I was in high school in 1975. At Covercraft.com, you'll find a multitude of indoor options, including form fit, fleece satin, and their very unique view shield. That's right. You can see your car right through the cover. But it's the sun that you really need to worry about. Quality outdoor options include Weather Shield HD and HP, Sunbrella, Reflect, Carhartt, Evolution, and NOAA. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Your cover is custom tailored for your special vehicles and manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. And I've got a great deal for you. If you use the code YEAH21 at Covercraft.com, they'll give you 10% off compliments of cars. Yeah, that's right. 10% off. Simply use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Most people don't think about their collector car insurance until their annual premium becomes due. Well, why wait and see if there are better options for your beloved rides? I didn't. Did you know if you change carriers before your policy runs out, your insurance company has to refund you the unearned portion of your policy premium? I did my homework, I shopped around, and I found American Collectors Insurance. And that's who protects my Porsche Turbo. That's right, the one I call my Orange Crush. They've been protecting collector vehicles since 1976. I encourage you to call my friends at American Collectors Insurance. Ask them about their agreed value policy. And if your collector vehicle is on your regular auto policy, you will be shocked at the savings, not to mention the assurance, should something bad happen to your ride, that you'll get what your vehicle is actually worth. Give them a call today for a quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of Mark Green at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. Give them a call today. All right, Roberto, uh, let's go a little deeper into the corner into your world and also what you guys are doing here. As I mentioned, I had your two colleagues on the show before, so we got to to talk in depth about design and about creating a company. Now I want to get into more technical stuff perhaps with you because you're an engineer and this alternative fuel whole thing. So let's talk about how did you get involved in this program, Automobili Estremi and uh, Estrema, excuse me, and uh, my Italian. I'm gonna I'm gonna work on that while I'm on this show. And uh, what is so fascinating about this new project for you? Because this is something that is is very, very cool and not been done before. So take the wheel, my friend. Thank you very, very much. 
let's say, it's not only the engineering. It's really, let's say, putting the idea into reality. Let's say, let it take in shape and, and so on. Obviously, Alexander is the coordinator of the styling. So we have to, let's say, being an underdog, being a totally new brand in a, in a, in a small niche, but quite, a, let's say, crowded market. The first question that we raised to ourselves where, yeah, okay, we do not have a history. We do not have, let's say, styling elements uh, to to play with or to re-elaborate. So we have to define the way we want to present ourselves on the market. So we have, together with Alexander and and also with uh, Gianfranco, we have individuated the lightning bolt uh, as our, let's say, major stylistic element, uh, styling element. And everything was designed around the lighting bolt from the from the logo, let's say the emblem of the Fulminia, even the name, because Fulminia in Italian mean lightning fast and 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 so on. Of course, Alexander has certainly explained, let's say, to you the, the, the design process and from the first doodles and to the sketches and then how we brought it into reality. And to the reality, which is not yet complete, of course, a bit, but we have finalized, let's say, the exterior design and we have also finalized the modeling. We presented the physical model in the Museum of the Automobile in, in the Automotive uh, museum in Torino uh, last month, and it was quite a successful introduction. And and this was the, the the first part of the let's say of the fascination of putting together. I like to say is like mixing and finding the balance between the two hemisphere of a human brain, because there is one part which is pure emotion and creativity, which is and the other part, the other hemisphere, which is the rationality, but also the law of physics, because one thing is designing a car that has to be undeniably Italian in terms of uh, styling, in terms of uh, balance between the form, the shape, uh, the volumes, and so on. But you also have to make sure, and we're talking about a hypercar, so a car with over 2,000 horsepower that has to be, let's say, maybe limited to a certain speed because we do want to use and to utilize, let's say, standard, in brackets, uh, Pirelli tires. We do not want to enter the competition of being the fastest car in the world. We want to be the most enjoyable car in the world in terms of uh, not only acceleration, but also uh, braking, so reducing dramatically the weight of the batteries and so on. So this has been the fascinating part so far, mixing the creativity with the uh, nasty, let's say, to have, let's say, a car that stays on the ground at different speeds. So all the uh, CFD, computational fluid dynamic analysis, uh, the, the, the so-called uh, wind tunnel, or you call them arti- not artificial, um, not physical wind tunnel, but uh, um, done by computer. What is the terminology? I'm sorry, my English is sometimes. That, that's <laughs> okay. Me. I think we know what you're talking about is how the car is designed to it's stay on the road. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So all the aerodynamics uh, below the car, let's say the movable wings, let's say we have a, a retractable wings on, on, on the back. We have also another, let's say, moving uh, active aerodynamic elements in the front and so on. And then the physical, let's say, creation of the model. We have first uh, built a, a one to five scale model just to see how the, let's say, the shapes are. Because one thing is 
let's say is seeing the car let's say uh, in on the screen but then when you when you really start modeling you you have to finalize you have to see then and and there is nothing like uh, touching feeling uh, perceiving controlling how the lights are placed with with the different surfaces and so on this is what we have done so far but in meanwhile we also work on the let's say on the frame of the car on the suspension even if we have not yet physically arrived to the creation of the first running prototype but this is going to be for the next step of development but anyhow has been a very very interesting challenge and the second aspect is that we have worked let's say during covid restrictions and so on so with alex alex is based in california the let's say the other team were based in Torino. Gianfranco is based in northern Italy, but it's about a six-hour drive from from Torino. Then we have other engineers that are based in Turkey, based in England, and marketing director which is based in Denmark. So we have been working really with a, with an extensive utilization of Zoom and 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 digital, let's say, <laughs> meeting. And that was also a challenge because this car has been was born under these circumstances without the possibility of of meeting the entire let's say of putting together the entire management team and and development team all around the table which is something i think is unique in the history of development of a new car so and that was another part of the challenge let's say but i think that what we have done we have done it in in eight months it's uh, it's it's really very very interesting and 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 it's been a real challenge for us it's been an incredible ride because when you think about all these elements of people all over the world come together and i mentioned this to franco and i i almost when i said it i kind of retracted a car born from covid you don't want to be born from covid because this disaster this this is such a horrible disaster and especially affected italy in such a negative way i mean italy was one of the first countries to get totally walloped and lots of loss of life and illness it was tragic but the fact that you guys were able to pull this off in such a short time and do it from all these remote areas is absolutely mind-boggling to me because the process, the creative process, the engineering process, the mar- I mean, all these elements that have to come together and you have to be remote is pretty outstanding. But I think that plays to this incredible team that Franco's put together of talented people such as you and everyone else that you guys have done this. You've been in this element for so long. And I wanted you to touch a little bit on powertrain because I mentioned in your, your introduction here about LPG use of that in racing and about fuels and alternative fuels. This this massive move towards electronics in cars, electric vehicles is coming so quick it's almost like overrunning all of us. And some of us are going, I don't know if I'm ready for this or not, but you guys have embraced this. So can you talk a little bit more about that whole concept and the new technology? Absolutely. Even if I'm not, let's say, you know, Gianfranco is a real specialist in in electrification and in electric vehicles. He spent, let's say, 15 years of his life, the last 15 years of his life, just fully dedicated to electromobility. While I was more on the... On alternative fuels, but on 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 the more traditional aspects in terms of uh, in terms of powertrain. But what is interesting in our uh, let's say in our project is that everything is was built around a, a concept of very innovative powertrain. And the powertrain, when we talk about electric vehicles, let's say. It's everything related to the electronics on one hand uh, and the power storage, let's say, on the other hand, because the motors 
there is a total change in the in the paradigm, you know, compared to the to the to the how the uh, supercars and hypercars were conceived in the ICE world, in the, in the internal combustion world. The engine is everything, is almost everything, let's say, in a traditional, let's say, supercar, because it gives the, it gives the response, it gives the personality, it gives the, the, the sound. Everything is, is so much, let's say, involving also the driver, and it's everything not everything, but in a big portion is linked to the powertrain, which means the traditional engine. When we move to electro, let's say, uh, mobility and so on, the motor is just a one, a little bit more than an auxiliary component in the total vehicle, because the electric motor is working with 94, 95% of efficiency. So it's just a, it's just a mean of, let's say, of transferring the energy from the from the battery or from the from the battery pack to the wheels everything is controlled by the electronics so the personality the spirit the involvement that you have as a driver everything is controlled on one hand by the electronics and everything is linked to the to the battery pack. What is the let's say crucial element in an EV is is a battery pack. The battery pack has uh, quite some problems today because it's extremely heavy. While the the, the 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 pure motor, the electric motors are very very light, and also in terms of let's say not only in terms of weight but also in terms of size. They are very limited, so you can have a lot of space. And the, the big problem is where do you put, let's say, your batteries? How you're playing with the, let's say, with the center of gravity? And how do you build it? You, do you use, let's say, a sort of a skateboard frame, or you use a T-shaped, let's say, frame, or you just put behind, the, let's say, um, the back of the seat if you want to build a, a hypercar, let's say, and putting in in the normal position where there is the engine and the and the and the, the fuel tank of the car in order to have a proper, let's say, distribution of weight between the two axes and so on. What we started, we started with the fact that we have found, let's say, some partners, technological partners that are very at a very advanced stage in developing solid-state batteries on one hand, and on the other hand, with Amecar, uh, the possibility to integrate this uh, new generation solid-state batteries that have a two main advantage. You know, one is that the solid-state battery is is, is uh, absolutely ignifuge. I don't know if it's, my term is correct. So it doesn't burn with no risk and much more safety in terms of uh, compare, let's say, to the to the standard lithium-ion batteries that that use a gel. Uh, uh, electrolyte. This is one point. So we can reduce the weight of the battery, but we can also combine it. We are aiming to combining them with ultracapacitors. The ultracapacitor can provide, uh, let's say, a lot of, let's say, of energy for a very short and, and limited period of time. They're working like a, like a, a, a CARES system on the on the Formula One car, you know, which is in combination with the internal combustion engine. So this is the main concept and the main features that we are building the entire project of Estrema Fulminia around this innovative uh, battery package and, and, uh, and system. On top of that, we are going to utilize, let's say, artificial intelligence also for the integration and the, and the battery management system with a partnership with another, uh, let's say, uh, company, which is a spin-off of the, of the MIT in Boston. So we are working on a very, very advanced, uh, let's say, technology that obviously it's still in the process of the of the development. So it's going to be ready 
in two years' time for the first uh, uh, running, uh, let's say, uh, production cars of uh, of Estrema, apart from the, from the first prototypes that we expect to have ready by uh, springtime next year. It's a very important challenge, of course, but it's it's a new paradigm because we what we want to obtain uh, is um, a car which today is not available on the market and i explain you what what we have in mind the weight of the of the of the battery pack today we're talking when we're talking about 100 kilowatt hour we talk about a, a weight of the battery pack which is over 600 kilograms uh, which is uh, 1400 pounds or, or, or something 1500 pounds so it's extremely important we all know that in terms of acceleration you can have extremely fast accelerating cars at this very moment um, in and there are already let's say from the remark to the uh, aspargall to the pininfarina batista which is based on the let's say on on the remark concept at the lotus Sevilla. there are already several hypercars that have incredible let's say acceleration so on on the straight on 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 uh, uh, on a drag race, uh, they are absolutely unbeatable. There is no Ferrari or no, let's say, internal combustion engine that can compete with one of these cars that do 060 in, in less than two seconds and so on. And this is a part of the performance because uh, being also a, having a certain experience also as a, as a racing driver and so on, I know acceleration is important, but there is not just a drag race. Then at a certain moment you have to brake, and, and then you have to let's say to to, to curve, and then the weight is is a very very powerful enemy for everything which is braking, and let's say and handling, let's say and 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 the speed you can you can uh, let's say you can turn your 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 car because there is a lot of let's say of uh, energy which is uh, <laughs> which has to be uh, let's say uh, moved. And so the possibility to reduce by 300 kilograms the battery package of an electric cars and keeping, let's say, the curb weight at, at, the, at the level which is an, today not attainable by any electric car is something that we have in mind. Obviously, this is what is going to drive us in, in the next phase of the development. But we want to have an electric car which drives much more similarly to a standard let's say, uh, internal combustion super sport car that could be a hypercar and so on. I had a chance of doing a very short, let's say, test drive. I was not driving, but with the Aspar call. And the point is that um, it's absolutely impressive the way it accelerates. But then I got the impression that when you have to brake, uh, you also have to take a lot of attention, put a lot of attention and brake uh, earlier. So we want to move these kind of, let's say, of uh, differentiation between what is, a, is an electrical hypercar and, and coming closer to what was uh, the standard uh, balance between uh, the accelerating and the braking power and the dynamics of the car. This is something that uh, we have in mind with, uh, with our project and certainly it's going to be our one of our major objectives in going further with the project. Would you say that is one of the biggest challenges with this project is that in essence you're talking about a balance between power and 
drivability, maneuverability, safety, all those elements. Because as you say, there's plenty of cars that go really fast, really quick, but you got to stop at some point. And in reality, you got to drive the car on normal roads. This isn't being designed as a race car, although you could track it, of course, but it needs to be comfortable and drivable on roads. So I know there's lots of challenges. I mean, we could talk for hours about challenges, but if you think about one of the most uh, the largest challenge for you guys is that one of them that balance between the those two things this is certainly one of the balance the, the, the biggest challenges maybe is to bring this new technology into production because we are at the prototype at, at, at the moment they are very very promising but you know the way from prototyping to uh, let's say to i don't say mass production because we are not talking about a technology which which is going to be ready for mass production for the coming three to four years which will still remain a, let's say a high hand let's say kind of product and i'm talking about uh, the solid state cells uh, and 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 the, the combination with the ultra capacitor so it will remain in in a product let's say for aimed to late high-hand vehicles and so on. But this is certainly one of the biggest uh, challenges we're going to face. The other is big challenge, but it's, it's secondary to my opinion, because when you when you have a proper, let's say, weight, and therefore you can play with a correct uh, weight to uh, power ratio and so on, then with the help of the electronics on one hand, that, that certainly will give various different, let's say, driving modes, because you will have a range mode, you will have a city mode, you will have, a, let's say, a very softer way, of course, and then there will be the possibility to have the full power and, and let's say the top acceleration the racing mode and so on but it will have to be just for for track use and and not for a standard on a standard use because this uh, we need also to protect the driver and i don't think it's a car you leave to the valet when you go to the restaurant but anyhow probably not i don't <laughs> even leave my car to the valet even the valet need to bear in mind that, that there are 2000 <laughs> yeah yeah power and and then even to park the car that should be a parking mode and, and a lot of controls why does that scene from ferris bueller's day off and the two guys jumping in the ferrari saying don't worry we're professionals come to mind when you mentioned valet and parking this car. When you think about your career, the culmination of your career, and you bring it forward to what you're doing today, has this been one of the most challenging projects for you when you think about this culmination of things? Certainly, I think so, because it's the first time that we have let's say we are a bunch of guys, a bunch of guys with a lot of experience behind our shoulders, but we do not have a big company behind us. And we have to rely on our experience. We have to rely on, on the selection of the best, let's say, partners and the best, let's say, uh, suppliers or partners if you want to outsource uh, any kind of, let's say, of activity. So there is a lot of burden on our shoulders. And the second is also a very disruptive project, if you want. So it's a, it's, it's a big challenge for sure. I want to dive a little bit into your personal life here. And you race. I'm sitting here looking at a, a wall, a sea of trophies behind you <laughs> on the shelf, which is, is pretty cool. But I want you to share a special vehicle in your life. Now, obviously, we could say the Fulminia is going to be that vehicle. So let's take that out of the equation because that's a going to be a pretty darn special vehicle in your life. I want you to go back and think about one special car in your life that had great meaning for you. What was that? And maybe you could share a little story about that vehicle. 
Well, I've always been passionate, let's say, about vehicles. So, and also about, let's say, classic cars, if you want. So I got a chance in 23 years ago, it was 1998, if I will remember, to purchase a Ferrari 250. Ferrari 250, certainly not one of the, the most, let's say, reasonable one in terms of value, which is the GTE, is a four-seater of uh, the Ferrari 250. But anyhow, it shares the, the same Colombo V12 engines of the of the GTO and the GTL and the Spider California and the other cars. And I fell in love with these cars when I was a little kid. I was a little kid, I was five, six years old, and I was going to, uh, you know, the Italian Riviera, my family used to have an apartment, an holiday apartment on the Italian Riviera. And the Italian Riviera in those years were really the years of the Dolce Vita. There was, it was common to see, let's say, stars from Hollywood or other celebrities. So there were beautiful yachts, let's say, on the harbor, and there were beautiful cars parked in front of the yacht. And I was more interested in the cars than on the yachts. My, my grandfather was bringing me by hand. He was watching the yachts, and I was watching and peeping inside of the cars. And I fell in love with this magic number of 300, because only the Ferraris in the early 60s were daring to show 300 at, on, on, the, on the speedometer and so on. was not going was not re- they were not reaching, but for, for the mind of a little boy and so on, they would say, okay, this reach, that goes up to 300 and so on. Uh, but 300 was, you know, it's, it's 186, 187 miles an hour, and it was a top speed, let's say, on the kilometers on the Ferrari. So I, I had this image in my mind. When I got the occasion of buying this uh, uh, Ferrari from 1962, I purchased and then I had the chance to discover that the car was uh, owned by by a famous Ferrari driver. So I was very lucky because the owner, the the previous owner, didn't have the full story of the car. They they just he just had the story of the car from 1967. But I say now, but the car is from 1962. I I want to know. So I made a a certain investigations. At that time, uh, when you were changing province uh, in Italy, you had to re-register the car because every province had its own license. Oh. Now you get one license and you can buy the car in Rome and sell it in Sicily or in Torino and you don't change the license. But at that time, every province has got license. So the car changed province, passing from one hand to another. And, and the history was just from 1967 Onwards, let's say the history known by the by the previous uh, owner. So I made my investigation and I discovered that the car was owned for two years. In '62 and '63, was owned by Lodovico Scarfiotti. Lodovico Scarfiotti was the cousin of uh, Gianni Agnelli, the founder of Fer- of Fiat and owner, obviously major stakeholder of Ferrari, and he was a racing driver. And it was an official Ferrari racing driver. And he used my car, my personal car, the car that I have in my in my garage, to go to race in various races in, in Europe. And not in, in uh, Sebring, because he also won the, the, the 12 hour of Sebring. But then he flew to Sebring. But he went to Nürburgring and he went to Le Mans in 1963 driving my car. In Nürburgring, he retired when he was second. Um, but he was not driving, but uh, his co-driver had an accident. But he won the 24-hour of Le Mans. So he came back to his home with the cup of the 24-hour of Le Mans that he won with Lorenzo Bandini on the back seat of my car. Now, was this is this a GTE? It is a GTE. 
yes. Okay, so it's a two plus two, so it's got back seats, little back seats. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's a four seater. It's a two plus two or four yeah. seater so yeah. of Ferrari with yeah. a, with yeah. a, so it's, it, I, <laughs> it, it was a very nice discovery. Then then I went in touch with the son of Lodovico Scarfiotti because Scarfiotti died in an accident uh, driving a Porsche in 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 a hill climb in 1967. I went to visit his son uh, at home. He recognized the knobs and say, yeah, I, I was a little kid and I remember that I was playing with the knobs right. of the on on the let's say on the on the on the console. These all the eight uh, uh, you know black black knobs so that you oh, are just yeah. for the lights and so on. So it it was nice. Uh, it was very nice for me to discover. I want to crawl into your head a little bit here, Roberto. If you were a car. You were manifest as a car. This isn't what you want to be, though. This is your. This, you got to be honest a bit. Look in the mirror. Your personality wrapped into an actual car. What do you think you would be? Oh, I would like to be a mix of three cars. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> well, no, I like this. I like where we're going with this. The three most beautiful cars ever, ever, ever made, in my opinion. One is Italian. Is a Ferrari 250 GTO, yeah. which is also one of the most. Uh, expensive let's say car for the collector no kidding, designed yeah. by Sergio Scaglietti that I had the chance to know and to meet personally some years ago the other one is a French car but even if it was designed by an Italian let's say sculptor and it's the Citroen DS that was a, a sort of a of a flying saucer at, at that time in, in in the late 50s it was designed by Flaminio Bertoni and the third one is the Jaguar E that was designed by Malcolm Sawyer, but it's it's one of the most beautiful cars ever ever designed. So I would like to. All three cars have many things in common, you should see, because they have an aerodynamic, let's say, concept, and they are absolutely timeless. You picked some nice ones there. Yeah. Timeless, absolutely. They are not linked to a special age. Because, you know, for instance, the, the Lamborghini Countach is extremely, but it's so edgy, it's so extreme, and so on. It's so 70s, you, you, you know. Those cars, okay, are from the 50s and the early 60s, but they are absolutely timeless, in my opinion. I'd like to be a mix of these three very different cars, because they are very different from each other. Two very sporty cars, and one more, let's say, sedan, but... So innovative, if you want. Very but, unique answer to that question. I like that. Kind of a Frankenstein, but a very handsome Frankenstein. Let's put it that way. So I like it. I'll put in a mixer, you know. Yeah, mix it up and have some fun. Take the best of all those. Is there a book you'd like to share that you've read that you think you've really learned a lot from or gotten a lot from? Oh, I, I read many, many books. Uh, I, I like reading and so on, but I like I like combining, let's say, romances that combine, let's say, history and so on. So... Two of my favorite books are Umberto Eco, The Name of the Rose, that was, uh, let's say, in, in the Middle Ages, uh, this this story, the thrilling story in 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 in, a, in an abbey and so on. And the other one is it's a Dan Brown uh, Inferno, also because I like the way he played with uh, Dante's uh, uh, and masterpiece and, and and those are two books that I I like very much. But I repeat, I, I read many many books. Uh, Many different authors. I, I, I like. I like reading. I spend normally my 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 evening reading. I, I'm not so much a TV watcher. I, I prefer to read and listen to the music. That's why you're so smart. That's exactly why you and my wife. She's a voracious reader. I always say that's why she's so intelligent. But uh, much better way to spend your time. We'll take one last break. We come back. I want to take you on what I call the ultimate drive, which we'll have some fun, no doubt. So. 
Keep your seatbelts on. We'll be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett-Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett-Jackson auctions is contagious, and a unique experience is not to be missed. And coming soon, something new for you Cars Yeah listeners. I'll be teaming up with Craig Jackson on the first ever Barrett-Jackson podcast, coming to your mobile devices every week. Listen here on Cars Yeah and check out the Barrett-Jackson website for unique details on this new exciting podcast that I'm very proud to be a part of. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. I've discovered Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe, and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. All right, Roberto, we're back, and we're going to get to go on the ultimate drive. You get to pick the vehicle you're in. You get to pick the person you're with or people. These could be people living or deceased or a combination of those. And you get to pick where you're going to be driving this beautiful car. So let's start with the vehicle. What are you going to be driving? Oh, I I would like to drive my Ferrari 250 because it's a very interesting experience. You know, you have to to fight with the steering wheel. There is no power steering. There is this huge old nardy wooden steering wheel. You need to to wear your gloves because otherwise, uh, if you if you're sweating your hands, then you are you are missing the grip on the on the steering wheel. You have to fight with the steering wheel. Yeah. You don't have to to find the limit of the car, but it's nice to revving it up and then to double clutch uh, when you are passing your lower gear and so on. And I would like to drive it on a mountain road. And there are so many beautiful mountain roads here in Italy. The 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 Grand San Bernardo Pass. I think you remember the the first uh, and the initial and the last scene of the original 
Michael Caine film uh, that was uh, uh, the Italian job, the original Italian job. That I saw personally, the, the scene when the, when the three minis and the police car were crossing the river, I was there on the bridge because I just came up of my high school. Wow. <laughs> I was watching at the scene at the, because this is very, very close to my to my home. And the Grand San Bernardo Pass, let's say, with my Ferrari driving, driving up a little bit without driving too fast. And I would do it with my wife, Valeria, that she has been on my past passenger seat for 40 years and so and she's still <laughs> she's still supporting me <laughs> well you know that's pretty cool we had a great i'll tell you listeners we had a great pre-show chat we talked about we've both been married for a long time he's got me beat by a few years but uh you met your wife in berkeley and uh ended up marrying a long time ago i think that's a pretty nice romantic drive sounds like to me you've taken us on a really wonderful drive today and i could talk to you for hours but before i let you go would you share one final parting piece of wisdom or guidance for our listeners today oh what i can say it's uh Never let the kids inside you grow up. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I like that. Just you know, keep him, keep him as a child. Keep keep him alive, and 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 don't let him grow up. This is a is a great i it's a great concept. However, for guys like us at our age point, this is how we get injured because in our mind we're still that kid, but our bodies can't behave Absolutely. that way. But it's a wonderful saying: never let the child inside you grow up. I love that very much. And what are some ways that our listeners can learn more about this incredible project, Automobili Estrema? Ah, just follow us on the, on our site website. And- or on LinkedIn and so on, and we will certainly keep updating as long as a, as as a project is going on. For the for the time being, the car is in in our premises in Modena. Has been transferred from uh, from Torino to Modena, and uh, we have been invited to present it to several different occasions. I think uh, we will go to uh, Salon Privé in Blenheim Palace in England uh, at the beginning of September. We have also been invited by Pirelli to be at Concorso Italiano, but we would like to be there with a, with a more, let's say, significant model with uh, opening doors and interiors and so on. So we would probably have to, let's say, to postpone to next year, going to California to Concorso Italiano, but we would like to be there for sure. And uh, just follow us, just uh, stay tuned and we will constantly update on the on the development of the project. Stay tuned indeed, because this project that these gentlemen and their entire team are creating is absolutely mind-bending. And I'll put links to the website. You've got to go check it out. Look at the car. Learn more about it. You can follow along with them. And I want to do a shout-out. Uh, grazie. Thank you to Raffaello Porro. He's uh, from Studio RPR. He's a past guest here on Cars Yeah. friend of mine that I've, I've had some fun with. I got to take him to the first Dawn Patrol Pebble Beach lawn at very early in the morning. I told him at the Lamborghini party the night before, well, you've got to get up early tomorrow, Raffaello, if you want to join me. He said, what time? And I said, well, we got to be there before 5 a.m. He looks at me like... But I'm <laughs> I'm partying tonight. And I said, well, maybe you just shouldn't go to sleep. And you know what? He showed up. So, Raffaello, grazie for all the great people you bring me. Roberto, thank you. Grazie for sharing a really little piece of this enormous life that you had, the fun that you've had. You're all about what Cars Yeah is all about. Uh, I can't wait to see the next phase of this project. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. 
Thank you so much. You're welcome. Ciao, ciao. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.